Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Is Your podcast with your hosts Sam Foote and Alan Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Microsoft 365 focused IT security professionals. It's episode two of season four. Sam and I had a discussion recently around securing bring your own devices. With hybrid working on the rise, more flexibility is needed to reduce costs, but not at the compromise of security. Here are a few things we covered. What is bring your own device? Uh, the challenges of adopting bring your own and how Microsoft technology helps you secure your bring your own devices. We've noticed that a large number of you aren't subscribed. If you do enjoy our podcast, please do consider subscribing. It would mean a lot for us for you to show your support to the show. It's a really good episode. So without further delay, here's the episode. Hey, Alan, how are you doing? Hey, Sam, not doing too bad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you. Um, lots going on in the cyber world at the moment. Um, lots of attacks, CVEs. It seems quite busy at the moment, and especially with Microsoft product updates as well. <laughs> Feels like there's a lot going on. Yeah, this week's definitely busy. Definitely. Yeah, you're off to InfoSec this week, aren't you? Yep, doing my little 30 minutes on the Microsoft stand. Yep. <laughs> yeah so actually this will be posted after your talk on the microsoft <laughs> stand so yeah uh find out <laughs> stay tuned for next week's episode to find out how alan <laughs> um got on infosec i'm sure it'll be a great a great session yeah we're all prepped aren't we all primed well i'm all yeah. primed i should say so you are all primed <laughs> yeah well done alan um right what are we talking about this week uh bring your own uh device that's that's right isn't it yeah, securing bring your own devices and you know how it benefits the organization and um because a lot of organizations um don't take you know don't allow users to use their own devices we'll talk about it a little bit more in a minute um but it's just sort of saying how potentially you can secure it um to allow that usage yeah i think what's quite cool about this topic is is that it's there's a few different technologies that can be used here sort of in conjunction with themselves right uh, with each other sorry um you know to to, to give you this sort of end-to-end -end solution yeah we've kind of got like a use case for this one haven't we a, a scenario rather than it being a, about a product specifically and that yeah. what it, its benefits are so okay so yeah talking about that use case um what is uh, bring your own device or byod yeah so bring your own device or bring your own devices um is the concept of allowing users to bring their own device um, and um, use it to access corporate data. Um, essentially, this is potentially, you know, using uh, laptops, you know, their own laptops, bring them to work and accessing Office 365 or applications. Um, could be mobile phones so that you can have your email and Teams um, on the go. Um, and this is instead of um, providing kit, providing hardware. There may be scenarios where you might not want to um, provide, you know, some users might not want to carry two phones around um, with them. You know, one that is securely, you know, you know, locked down and secure versus, you know, their own personal phone. But then you've got challenges like privacy on that, on that personal device because you don't want to take any ownership of accidentally, you know, wiping um fo you know personal photos and things like that um so that's kind of the, the the concept of it you know the value is potentially 
either side um this not to say simplicity but um make it more convenient for the user as i kind of said you don't have to carry two phones things like that um it might be part of um possible um like business continuity a little bit where you've got another way of a user accessing you know corporate data in a secure way without you know when their laptop or other hardware fails um as well as um potentially s the organization may be saving some money in hardware because there may be you know to be at a certain you know level of security they may need specific hardware which might also mean that they can't obviously do bring your own device you know it's not for every organization so do we really see that the the most popular use case for bring your own devices for mobile devices more than it is laptops really you know because of you know people being able to access like their email their teams and other documents whilst they're on the go but like you say without having the inconvenience of carrying two mobile devices with them yeah exactly yeah the the main use case is mobile devices android and ios um used to be windows phones as well but they don't exist anymore um well there may be some out there still um but yeah it's mainly around mobile phones being on the go um being able to access your email securely and your teams um wherever you are without like you said having to carry two mobile phones there may be a requirement for two mobile phones you might have a separate you know corporate number that people call you on or you might be using microsoft teams um you know cloud pbx you know the cloud um cloud um calling scenario where you've got your, your number always follows you in teams so yeah that's the kind of thing but the, the challenges around that is how do you secure that device um to a standard that, that you know the organization is happy with but without making the phone uh useless to the user or you know disabling multiple you know functionality on it and taking it over and also you know protecting their privacy because that's a you know a key thing you know in early days of bringing your own device you know you had to take over the device you know i think it was um exchange um i can't remember what they're called now but in effect exchange uh, mobile um policy and it could take over the device and basically it could wipe the whole phone Right, you know, photos before you know there was proper cloud backups, things like that. Be personal photos, personal data could just be nuked with it with a button by an admin at the organization. There's so much high risk there for doing that. Yeah, and I suppose you know, as equally as important to the organization is the control of their you know data. Um, but on the other side of it, if you take it from like the, you know the end user's perspective, as you've mentioned, their data and their privacy is obviously especially for something like a mobile phone you know where you do have you know um family photos you know and other you know really Location. sensitive yeah do, do you see what i mean like there's 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 a lot there going on so that really seems to be the challenge to me of um organizations with bring your own device and it kind of sounds like a concept that i would imagine a lot of organizations struggle with um justifying that risk if that makes sense um but uh, but i suppose it's really in that delicate balance of you know giving the organizations the control of that data 
but not overreaching into that that personal space on that that, that device yeah i think there's been a, a bigger request from it from the users as time's gone on not you know not even you know recently more you know probably five five years ago there was a you know a definitely a, a push for can i use my mobile phone because i've got one you know, I, yes, I don't have a corporate phone, but it'd be really good to have, you know, email on, on me so I can respond quicker. I can you know, be more efficient at my job. And that's a personal choice to them. You've kind of got, then got to think about your work-life balance because that can cause a little bit of havoc there because you've just got access to it. You see an email come up, you just get on with it. You know, you see it, you open it, you respond. Um, but yeah, it's definitely seeing you know, that, that pull towards asking for it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I assume, you know, some users are just going to say, no, my personal device is my personal device. Um, you know, if, if the organization needs me to have email on the go, then they're going to put in a request for a phone, aren't they? You know, or some sort of device to be able to access that. So um, that could be yeah, a, I... quite a tricky conversation, I suppose, if it's coming from the, the side of the organization that's driving that that change yeah i don't think it can be something that you can uh, demand that happens not without there being that conversation of well if i'm using my tariff and you know my mobile tariff and my mobile phone i want the organization to contribute to that because it's part of my day-to-day -day now sort of thing where i think it's got to be a choice of this benefits me. The organization has allowed me to do this. But it's my choice kind of scenario. Yeah, um, it sort of it sort of um, is a benefit to both sides, isn't it? In different ways, yeah. you know, because, um, yeah, I, I can imagine that. And you did touch on like work life balance. But, you know, anybody that's ever had a corporate mobile device knows it's an apps. It's more of a hindrance having to keep the thing like charged oh, if you hardly like, unless you're unless you're in sales like you know uh, you might not use that phone very often so you know keeping it uh patched keeping it you know uh, powered and everything like that and lugging it around with you um is sometimes a bit of a challenge so yeah i, I can definitely see the appeal from a user perspective um, to be able to do that yeah i've been in well we recently had sort of two mobile phones before we went bring your own and it's you're right it hardly used it I had to make sure it was powered on it did my mfa as well only so i had to make sure it was powered on to be able to you know log into when i'm out and about as well you forget it because you're not you know not used to carrying two phones with you and then yeah, and you're kind of yeah. crippled a little bit yeah and at that point you know are you is is, is mf is the authenticator app kind of outside the byod sort of sphere or is that sort of in scope of all this anyway because you know if you if you if you've got the authenticator app um and you don't have byod is that still something that can go on personal devices before you get to sort of a full byod implementation yeah i think it's kind of it's 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 related and not at the same time you've you've yes yeah, so you've got an interesting scenario there where you know mfa now is you know critical five years ago it was maybe it's great to have it but it's a it's a pain it's not life now like it is today um and you're right i think well it comes to that scenario of you, you can't expect users to have 
a device that can support it. Yes, definitely. Be- yeah, because you can have users that just have a you know a basic phone versus no phone because they don't want one. They you know maybe can't afford one or you know whatever the scenarios are. Um, so there are still going to be some scenarios where you know MFA sometimes it's cheaper just to buy a phone contract for a user. You, know, you don't have to have the, the you know an iPhone to do that. You know it can be a an Android device of the you know not necessarily the the highest spec one, but you know they're relatively cheap to sort of bring in. Um, sometimes cheaper than a you know one time password device now. Yeah, because really. I don't know whether I'm thinking about it in the right way, but do you actually think the Authenticator app is a more sensitive app than, say, Teams or extra, you know, Outlook at this point? Because, you know, with it, you've sort of got the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, right? You've got one part to it, yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah. you've you've only got, you know, you still need to know their username, password. You still have to have access to that app. You can't transfer it. I guess the difference with the sort of the bring your own work sort of talking about today is that the corporate data on that device being unsecured accessed by any app that the user installs. Yes, you're right. There is risk in having, you know, the MFA app on a personal device and maybe not managed. Um, but what do you do with, um, you know, your, your login to Facebook, which says, I'm going to send a password to your, email address is that's only got you know username password on it so alan alan what um, microsoft technology is there to help secure byod seems like quite a complex challenge yeah so it's probably three or four well it's probably a couple of technologies but three or four parts to those technologies so one part which is very popular with mobile devices is the app protection policies allowing you to secure the application themselves and containerize them without the need to um to um you know secure the whole device um another one is specifically for android but android enterprise and work profiles which is a slightly different way of um providing corporate access to 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 them um different to ios at least um the other parts are session control managing a session a browser session and what you can do within that session um and then Conditional access, you know, how we determine what a user can access on what type of devices. Okay, so yeah, so we've sort of got the full life cycle of uh, the interaction with an application, right? We've got, you know, the where the application runs and how it stores its data. And then also looking at, you know, um, sort of conditional access to create sessions and how those sessions are controlled within those applications. Okay, let's 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 jump into each one of those in a bit more depth. So, yeah, can you talk us through app protection policies? Yeah, sure. So, app protection policies are within Intune, um, and in effect, what you do is you can have different scenarios for them. But in effect, you can have a policy that says um, these enlightened applications. And when I say enlightened applications, they have the app protection policy um, SDK built into them. So all of the office applications or majority of the office office or the Microsoft applications have that technology baked into them. Um, you can add, you know, if you've got a third party application, 
um, you can add that SDK into it to provide that security, you know, that this security that I'm going to talk about, you know, into them. Um, other third parties do support it. So like Adobe Reader has the app protection policy enlightenment SDK built into them. So you can secure those as well. So what app protection policy does is in effect, um, when you sign into the application for the first time, um, it will go and check to see um, in tune to see if there's a policy assigned to you. If there is, it will then pull that policy down and that policy specifies that this account um, is containerized on the, on the, on the application. So in effect, it encrypts, you know, a container and then puts all the data in there that can't be accessed. So it straight away separates the data from your other, you know, from the rest of your device. So no, you know, potential malware, spyware, other applications can access that container, which is great, you know, and when it's done this, it's only managing the application or applications itself, not the device. It has, it does some checks against the device. Like, is it um, rooted, jailbroken, things like that, uh, the application version. Um, it can do a check for um, mobile threat defense software. So it might check to see if Defender for Endpoint is installed, if that's a requirement for you. Um, but aside from that, it then you know, creates that container, stores the data. And the great thing is, is for, if you have, say, if we use Outlook and you have your personal Outlook.com account and then you install, then you, you know, put your corporate account onto it. It doesn't secure the whole device, the whole application. It just secures your corporate side. So your personal side is untouched and, you know, we can't, you know, the, cor the organization cannot read it. But what's great about it is say for the some of the policies you can set, you can say you, know, you can't copy outside of that container. You can't you know copy and paste, you can't share links, you can't send data the other way. Even in the same app, and you went into your you know, your work account and you copied, you know, a credit card number from an email address you got, and you try to paste it into your personal side, it will not go through, not even on the same app. That's how you know cool it is. And you know, even your You'll be able to see both sides of the email and it'll feel like there's no difference, but one side is encrypted, secured by the organization. One, you shouldn't have credit card numbers in your email. Well, there is that. But... <laughs> but, so, <laughs> um, no, but I think what the, the way that I'm sort of reading that is it's sort of a sandbox inside of a sandbox, right? Because mobile apps are sandboxed in themselves, aren't they? In terms of, you know, secure data access. So, so what your effect, but the sandbox that Microsoft has created, creating inside the application is linked to an account inside of that application. So you can have one side that is, like you say, um, got policy assigned to it, um, encrypted and X, Y, and Z layered on top. Um, and then the other side, which can be personal and just in theory open. Um, but what it's, what it sounds like to me is that you get, um, some really great benefits especially with like um from a sort of a dlp perspective like you say copy and pasting out is blocked um but you know by, by this sdk so um that seems that seems really powerful to me yeah and and one problem there used to be was that when you opened a link an email link or you know a link in a team's message or whatever um you could never open it would always the only way you could open it is actually into the local browser which then kind of 
semi defeats the object a little bit um but you can stop that from happening but then it became less useful with the use of microsoft edge coming out on on mobile devices that can now be containerized app protection policied so now you can open up your browser and and access your you know applications and everything so that's really good as well that it's all containerized that way as well so you use separate browser you can only open it in office like you said if you want to go into full like app you know document editing software within the mobile device how often you do that might be you know questionable maybe on a tablet you might do it more but maybe on a mobile phone you would do it less yeah exactly yeah no it seems it seems really powerful and it seems like there's an ecosystem of apps there that support that technology right which is the most important thing that you do have options you know because you know it's like um you get an email and you need to accept a invitation or something right and it puts you out to the mobile browser and then it's like your organization doesn't allow you to do this because (laughs) you know and that that's but but it means that you can you there are technical ways to allow that user experience to continue right you know it's it's not a completely isolated environment that you can't get data in and out of it if you know should you not wish to if, if that makes sense yeah absolutely and it might like i said you know we've got the the normal microsoft applications and that's the most use case for it but there might be scenarios where you want to provide an application to a user so you know potentially you know like highways you know they have to go and take a picture of a defect on the road you know it's been reported maybe they don't want to carry around another device maybe you know maybe it's just an inspector that has you know drives around in his car um goes and checks out you know initially the initial checks of a you know, a defect in the road or checking the, you know, the work that's been done. He may just want to take a mobile phone, his, you know, his mobile phone around with him. You know, that supplier of that, you know, application they use, you know, puts this SDK in and then they can use it on, on those mobile devices quite easily, you know, and it's, it's I don't know how simple it is, um, but I think it's relatively simple to add that SDK into, into the applications. And then what you do is reference it. Okay, cool. Sounds sounds really powerful, um, and it sounds like there's a good amount of configuration there uh, to add flexibility. Um, you mentioned Android Enterprise work profiles. Um, can you can you talk about those in a bit more depth? And also, you you you, you briefly mentioned that it's different to iOS. So could you just talk about the differences between sort of both sides as well? Yeah, sure. So Android Enterprise is different and i know i said that earlier but the reason why it is is so android enterprise is the the mechanism to manage a android device overall so you can have it so that it's fully managed you know zero touch and then you know it in effect builds and it becomes a corporate device but the first part that microsoft not microsoft um google brought was work profile and what that does is, is when you sign up to it and intune enrolls it it's it's a, like a partially managed device. So it's at the device level at this point, not the application. But it's still a, know, user, a user profile on the device, right? Yeah. So what it does, it in effect se- splits the, the phone in half. It creates a, a container for one side of it, which is the work profile, which is managed by the organization. And they can deploy software to it. So they can deploy, they have like the... the um, the business store, you know, Google Play Store, but the business version, and they specify what applications can be in there. 
and you install it, you install your applications or they get downloaded automatically. But the difference with this is, say like you already had Outlook, like we said, and you've got personal Outlook. This puts it, this creates another copy of that application and puts it in the work profile. So it's completely separate. And it it's different to app protection policies because like we said, it's like a joint kind of scenario, things like that. And as far as I'm aware, iOS doesn't do this today. I think there was there was something they were maybe building at some point, but I've not kept up with it. Um, but Android Enterprises and Work Profile has been out for quite some time now. And it just means that you can have those two profiles and you can turn off the work profile. So at the weekends, you can just turn it off and then you're getting notifications. And, uh, you know, in the evenings, things like that. So it helps your work-life balance out a little bit. Um, I use it day in, day out. You get two applications of each. So you, and you, you, you can tell which one you've got because it has a little, like, briefcase on it. And in your in your start menu, start menu in your your application menu, um, you have like um, two tabs on the top that says you know personal and work. So it completely separates the you know the organization and your personal data. And it's the the kind of benefits to this is that the the um, organization can push the applications down they want you to have, and the applications don't have to be enlightened. It can be any application. So you can push down any of those apps as long as it's in the Play Store or you've you know you've got a private version of it you can upload. It will down you know it will push it down to them. So it it becomes a bit more flexible about what the organisation can do. And again, you can when you access the application, you can put pins on them. Um, I didn't mention it before, but with app protection policies, you can put pin on the app. So you, before you access the corporate data. So so yeah, that's the kind of difference. It's not at the application level; it creates like a separate container on the device for everything and you can push wi-fi settings things like that down as well so there's a look like a partial um management of the device but doesn't touch the personal side at all so if possible on the android side android enterprise is effectively the way to go right because you get you know another level of you know control if that makes sense because you've you've come out from the application level you've moved up to I'll call it like the user profile level. I don't know what the name of it is, yeah. but you know, you're 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 sort of in the operating system itself at, at that point, right? So that sounds that sounds really good. But I suppose for iOS, it's just app protection policies that are in place there, right? So if you if you want to do that, you need enlightened apps that can be split. On that Correct. Side. Yeah, yeah. It's only enlightened apps, or like like we said, fully managing the device, which we don't really want to do for a bring your own. Um side of it okay um you also talked about um session control is that isn't that part of uh defender for cloud apps yes so session control um is is all around the browser so it allows you to manage um what's happening in the browser in effect it's like a reverse proxy so it's able to um, put controls in the browser to what the user is able to do so this opens up um it may not be used so much on um mobile devices because you've got those native applications that are you know well managed and probably more user friendly than going for a browser um for some scenarios um so this is kind of tied to um i guess uh you know desktop and laptop operating systems like iOS 
Android and Windows. So it's quite difficult to um, secure the applications at the moment in a you know Windows, iOS, and well Linux. I don't think there are any applications just yet, um, like Office and things like that that you can use that are you know Microsoft um, applications. They're quite difficult at the moment to secure. There are ways of doing it, but it is a little bit um, fiddly, and maybe the user experience at the moment isn't great. So providing um, you know. Uh, internet or uh, you know edge or you know browser access is the best way so when you go through this um, it takes you through a ses control uh, proxy and it says how right we're monitoring what you're doing in this you know for this website so we're not monitoring everything that you do it's just you know this website might be outlook.com might be one of your third party applications that you've got within your organization maybe it's salesforce maybe it's um service now when you're in that session, um, the organization can specify what you can do from a download upload perspective. So you can go on there, you can see, look at your out, you can look at your email, you can read everything, you can try to copy and paste, that can be blocked. You can stop download, you can stop upload. So you just get a box that comes up and says, sorry, you're not allowed to download from here or from this device. Um, and there are some scenarios where actually you can use. Um, um, Purview Information Protection or Microsoft Information Protection, if that's the name you've heard of, of that being, um, you can get it to download and encrypt the files. So only you can open them as a corporate with a corporate identity. So you can open up the flexibility just that, that little bit more to use on a personal device. Um, so, yeah, so it means that you can open it all up. It means that it's all monitored and potentially um, you can specify. Um, some parts of the application that you're allowed to go to because it might be that some areas are, are very sensitive you don't want them to go to so there is this thing called step up um, authentication where it can do an extra authentication check or block you from going to certain applications parts of that application so maybe you're doing uh, you know you're in an area when you'll read you're in read access you know you're reading you know maybe an hr system and you're just looking at you know the day-to-day -day tasks things like that and that's okay but now you're going to go up and update someone's bank details and it's going to go nope not from a you know personal device as an example or maybe going to you know go and look at a sensitive record somewhere um you can say you know you need to mfa in a different way kind of thing so that's really good because then it opens up to you know any device being able to access your corporate data or you know applications that you you specify from an unmanaged device or bring your own device at this point but it allows you to control what they can access and how much they can do on it. So it opens it up so that you can um, be more flexible and um, just help with that, sort of be, allowing the user to do a bit more at home. If like you, like as the example I said, that maybe their device is broken that morning and they need to do something or they've left it in the office and they need to quickly send an email. You know, it gives that a little bit of flexibility. Maybe it's not all the time, but it gives that a little bit of flexibility for them to continue to work, to be you know be productive as much as they can. Yeah, no, that seems really um, powerful, and it sounds like there's a lot of configuration there for different you know scenarios. You know, like you've just mentioned, you know, the ability to be able to configure it in certain scenarios. Maybe it's for business continuity, like you say. Maybe it's not business as usual today. Maybe 
there's been some terminal issue with their laptop or or something like that where it might be that they need to jump onto their personal device for a short period of time you know and they're happy with that and also it is also happy with that right because you know if if we plan for these potential eventualities it might be that you on a day-to-day basis you don't use any of this technology right you could mm-hmm. just have it there, configured, ready to go. You know, so you know, um, laptop breaks. You know, what's what's you know what's what's the best scenario there? Oh, we ship a laptop out next day. You know, they lose potential one day's worth of downtime. What happens if we don't have any laptops in stock, but they've got a personal device? Then we've got BOIOD and you know, and and these technologies layered in to be able to help that. So um, that can really help with planning and and recovery. Yeah, and we haven't. In another scenario that we haven't really talked about is Windows three six five, because technically, giving access to that from a bring your own device is is another scenario. Being able to you know have a device, you know, it could be a mobile device, um, a you know a tablet, things like that. Having access, you know, from a device like that into a VDI environment, you know, that is another scenario. So you they can only access you know Windows three six five or Azure veg, virtual desktop. And then it gives them access to, you know, the full suite of, of capability. That is another scenario within this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we've done epi- we've done episodes on both Windows three six five and AVD. Um, actually, we've done three, haven't we? We've done both yeah. sides and a comparison between. So yeah, so that's 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 definitely another way to think about. You know, maybe not pushing the ability to run these apps locally. I think this is more thinking about laptops and desktops at this point, maybe. Um, but, you know, still, you know, to keep people productive, you know, that is, you know, and you could potentially have somebody connect with, like, their iPad, couldn't they? Yeah. You know, into a desktop environment, you know, you know, at that point. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably in the scenario of laptop, desktop, and tablet. Yeah form factor i mean you could do it on a on a mobile phone but i don't know how usable it might, might not be that productive <laughs> potentially but i don't know it depends you know some people's phones can be plugged into tvs and all sorts of stuff right yeah, that so, is true. You know, in theory you could have it on the big screen oh, i don't know anyway <laughs> <laughs> um i suppose that sort of leads leads us quite nicely onto conditional access um you talked about it but how does sort of conditional access then sort of weave into bring your own device yeah, so conditional access kind of ties in because it's the gatekeeper to your, you know, to accessing your applications that are in, you know, that are connected to Azure AD. You know, you can specify when and where, you know, where where applications can be accessed from. So you know, most organisations have it; they can only access from a corporate device, and that then stops everything else. Where, you know, with the other technologies in place. You know, they can be, you know, conditional access can be set to say a device has an app protection policy, then it's allowed, you know, and we do MFA with it, then it's allowed to be accessed. If not, then, you know, there's no access. Same thing with the session control. You can say if it's an unmanaged device, then it has to go through session control and go through the, you know, the browser has to go through there. You can specify that the unmanaged device can't use Outlook locally it has to be only through the browser you know you can specify that that criteria that you're happy that an organization is happy with you know what is you know acceptable risk 
to you know from a you know to access data from an unmanaged device in what scenarios like we said it doesn't it's not always for every organization because it won't meet their you know their required security compliance they need to meet maybe they work with third parties that need it you know have specific you know frameworks guidelines etc that means that they can't do it maybe some some of the organization aren't allowed because of where they what you know what departments they work in because of the data they access but again you know with conditional access you can specify who is allowed to access it from certain you know from unmanaged devices and who aren't you know it might be um if we talk about um like privileged identity management you know when someone elevates into a group then it might be they're not allowed to use their bring your own device until they you know come out of their elevation it could be you know things like that you know we can't you can be clever with it it can be complex as well um but the, the you know the simplest scenarios is you know um, mobile devices android and ios if they've got an app protection policy or they're using android enterprise then you know they're allowed to access the data and like like you said sam it might only be that you only allow outlook and teams and office application and you know sharepoint access it might not might be you, they're not allowed to access your hr system or your you know, your Salesforce, your ServiceNow, you know, you can specify what they can access. And that's the great thing about it. You can start off with just maybe just Teams, like you said, maybe then bring Outlook into it. And then maybe there's some users that, that maybe want a bit more and you can trial it with them, see what the, you know, the, you know, all of the, all of the um, authentications are audited. Yeah, you know, they're in the Azure AD audit. Any of the session controls where people try to download files, you know, not realizing they can't, that's all audited in Defender for Cloud Apps. You know, so you can create alerts for that. You can, you know, there's loads of audit there to help, you know, make sure that you're, you know, you, if something happens, then at least you can either act on it quickly or you've got that, you know, audit to, to fall back on when an incident happens, if there is one. Yeah, definitely. Sounds, you know, um, conditional access being like contextually aware of you know app protection policies and byod being in place you know there just seems to be like another matrix of options now right you know as you're authenticating to understand what you've got access to i really like the idea of being able to sort of maybe restrict access whilst people are like pim elevated like if you're pim elevated global admin then maybe you shouldn't be accessing you know corporate resources on your mobile device whilst you're you're elevated right so i know a lot of people just have separate credentials don't they for admin anyway some, so, some, some do some yes do. so, yeah. so um, um, but it, it it might be um the scenario that you have an avd that is a you know customer facing or access a customer environment and you pim into it yeah yeah definitely yeah and then you, yeah, you stop access from everywhere else you're not allowed to access it remotely yeah well that's the thing at that at that point conditional access has so much customization inside of it you know that layered on top all of the other technologies that we talked about you know session control and app protection policies you've got a really comprehensive you know uh, gateway to that data if if that makes sense yeah and and to be fair um it sounds i, I guess some of the stuff we've talked about sounds really complicated um you know there's a lot there to do um but generally it's not too complicated to get started 
you know, to, to get, you know, get started and starting to build some policies to test them out with some, you know, test devices or test users. Um, it doesn't take, there's not a huge amount of um, configuration. It's more around designing it and getting that right yeah. and understanding what bits you want to do what. There's a lot of like, well, that's kind of why, you know, we're here in, you know, in our, in our day-to-day jobs sometimes is that, you know, it's, it's understanding what, what the art of the possible is and what, what technology sort of best fits in certain areas. But some of it on its own is relatively simple to configure. It's when you start joining it all up may get a little bit complicated, but. Yeah. And I think the inherent complexity is of the task that you're undertaking though, right? Because we're talking about, you know, an organization, each organization will have a very different risk tolerance, um, Correct. you know, different data that they're storing and potentially a whole set of different applications and workloads that they've got to support, right? You know, you might have an organization that processes no PII data. I don't know if enough that's sort of possible, but let's just <laughs> pretend there's an organization out there that doesn't process any PII data and it's all maybe, you know, um, business contractual let's just say that you just got like salespeople and all they do is write proposals and send them out and i don't know right um and it might be that you know the risk of that data is is that is confidential business information but it's maybe not you know um another company who processes health records you know for you know you know and and so you've got to like you say it always starts with that feasibility that discovery session to understand okay you know where's where's the risk here what are the risks what are the applications and what technology best fits in those in you know in those gaps um for what for what reason right you know because if the organization is just happy getting everybody a mobile device then it might be that you get to the end of that and then go actually byod isn't right for us you know we'll just pay the money and people will just have to put up with using our kit you know it's just as simple as that so um so yeah like you say going into that it feels to me like there's enough technology there that the the challenge isn't really the technology it's the architecting that solution you know in a secure way yeah absolutely and like i said before it's not it's not necessarily for every organization um it's not saying that you know it's great to have don't get me wrong and users will will enjoy it love it um but if it doesn't meet you know the security requirements that you need or the you know the risks are too high then that is absolutely fine it's just yeah. it's just one of those things it's one of those te- those sort of areas where it's there um most likely you're probably paying for the technology um so it's it's there ready to use um but if you don't you know if it doesn't fit it doesn't fit it's not you know it's it's not best practice to do bring your own devices you know, it's it's a it's the capabilities there to help flexibility. Yeah, so let's talk about that. What what do you need in order to? We talked about a few different Microsoft technologies, but what do you what do you need in place in the organization to make it viable? So, if you wanted everything that we talked about, then you will need, you know, um, Azure D Premium Plan One, um, Intune, and Microsoft Defender for cloud apps. So that's the individual, you know, SKUs. Um, I think a lot, so 
a lot of organizations now i think are now looking at being you know baselined at you know the microsoft 365 e3 skew now um that's what we're seeing anyway so you know um that means you have you know the Azure premium and intune so that means you can do app protection policies so you can support mobile device bring your own and that's you know that's just at the e3 level so that's great you know most people probably have this in place today or you know have the technology and have the licensing to do it um that is also available in the um the mux you know the Microsoft 365 business premium i think it will be yeah um, the premium yeah yeah so that will have it and i think that does come with defender for cloud apps after double check that um but i thought it did um but but yeah so potentially with business premium you have everything and for you know people users or organizations that are on a, a microsoft 365 e3 um you can move up to e5 security or just add defender cloud apps on top and that will give you the full capability but like i kind of said if you're not wor too worried about giving access to the browser straight away and you want to use your current licensing then you know, surety premium plan one for conditional access and app protection policy in Android Enterprise is capable in the Microsoft 365 E3. So you can, you know, start, you know, allowing users to bring their own own mobile devices. Okay, yeah, that seems great. And like you say, a lot of organisations are going to have a lot of that, you know, especially because a lot of it's covered by business premium, right? Yeah. Um, there's there's lots of organizations that might not hit the seat numbers yet but they want you know they're at that skew level anyway and then like you say e3 from what i've seen seems to be a bit of a benchmark in the enterprise um, for sure definitely yeah and like we said you know that's a good place to start with you know there's a lot of engine capability there you know we did an episode in season two i think it's episode four um, where we talked about, you know, modern device management with, um, with well, I think we called it M uh, Microsoft Endpoint Management, but it's been rebranded since then to Intune, back to Intune. Um, so that's probably worth, um, if anyone's not looked at Intune, to probably go back to and check that out, where we talk about modern management of all devices. Okay, okay great. Well, thanks very much for that um, overview. Is there anything else that you want to um, go through, Alan? No, I think I've covered. I think I've covered a lot of it. Um, like I said, it's it's worth investigating if users are asking, because you might already, like I said, you might already have the technology there. Just might need configuring. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that you have to have it because yeah. it might not fit. And I think that's key. You know, we're not, we never, we're never pushing for bringing your own devices. It's just you know, the users might be because um, they want to easier um usability or you know scenarios flexibility in their day-to-day -day. um but sometimes it just doesn't fit okay cool thanks very much for that Alan. um next episode um is going to be on azure functions um so if you haven't used azure functions before um it's a serverless solution um that allows you to effectively uh write your code um for uh, your business logic inside of your applications and then effectively give that code to Microsoft 
um, to host that code for you. Um, so no deploying and maintaining of servers, uh, very minimal cloud infrastructure that you've got to, um, the responsibility of managing, um, and um, Microsoft is there providing you, you know, the, the, the hosting environment and the operating system updates. Um, you just simply focus on the code um, and then um, you effectively upload that. There's there's many different languages that are supported. So um, I'll go through that, um, some of the benefits of using it and other serverless technologies that are inside of uh, that's inside of uh, the Azure portal. That sounds like a good episode. I think we've talked about Azure functions, but not, not actually done an episode yet, have we? No, I don't think so, no. Cool. Okay, so did you enjoy this episode? If so, please do consider leaving us a review on Apple or Spotify. Uh, this really helps us reach more people like you. Um, if you have any specific feedback or suggestions, we have a link in the show notes to get you know, to get in contact with us. Yeah, and if you've made it this far, thank you ever so much, and we'll catch you all on the next one. Thanks all.